0: Hey nice.
1: guys, Bella here. Welcome for the bonfire. Hey guys, Hide and Seek is now on Patreon. If you'd like to learn how to support the work we do, please visit www.patreon.com backslash Podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive rewards. Rewards include live events, early access to video trailers, Ad-free episodes, never-before-seen videos, behind-the-scenes video and photo content, along with extended and never-before-heard interviews. My team and I would be honored to have you. Again, visit patreon.com backslash hide-and-seek podcast. Thanks, guys. This
2: episode is brought to you by Shopify.
3: The views and opinions expressed by guests on the Hide and Seek podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or positions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Would you like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community? Would you like to share your thoughts with other listeners? Join us in the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook You can find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. This podcast deals with mature topics that may not be suitable for all listeners. Material heard on the Hide and Seek Podcast is intended for adult listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams 24 news aides brady Gillum went to sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter
4: i can tell you where she most likely is i hadn't seen anybody that i felt comfortable saying anything to until today the stories they tell are pretty
2: fr- they're pretty freaking gruesome i kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany—I have all of them. I have everything.
0: I told him, I said, i would kill all them motherfuckers, and I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just
4: say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says.
0: Is this little town around here It'd be hard to hide something like that? Because eventually everything comes out. Some days I don't believe
1: anything happened to her. I think she's just wild. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3, Part 3, The Final Chapter. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, Sarah and I delved into our takeaways from Tad's interview. I raised the question, do we have enough evidence? It was revitalizing to witness such an active participation from both sides on the table. Whenever I managed to find some rare spare time, I indulge in reading reviews of the podcast. My natural inclination is to focus on the negative words. This isn't out of sensitivity to criticism but it's more so because I'm open to learning and improving. My brother once told me when receiving advice chew up the meat and spit out the bones. I'm constantly seeking ways to better myself in the podcast. Each life is made up of mistakes and learning waiting and growing practicing patience and being persistent. That's a quote by Billy Graham. The same mindset applies here. Last week I shared my belief that we have enough circumstantial evidence through the significance of each piece of evidence on its own crucial. While I'm encouraged by those who agree with me, I'm equally eager to hear from those who don't. Being challenged fuels my drive. Allow me to share a few responses from the listeners that stood out.
5: Not for a murder conviction, but bring on the obstruction of investigation, witness intimidation, unlawful account access, impersonation, credit fraud, Jessica alleges that Ashley took a loan in Britt's name, and so on. There's so many things there could be multiple charges on with both Ashley and Eric. Get that as a start, then let the investigation into things with warrants and subpoenas lead to more. I want to extend my gratitude to everyone who participated. Your willingness to share and elaborate on your views is immensely valuable. You play a crucial role in this mission. Your insights and opinions not only matter to me, but also provide me with diverse perspectives. Thank you. As a prosecutor, A. Enough evidence to prove deceased, B. Burden is on the state, not enough to prove the who. Especially since the defendants don't have to explain anything, they have the right to say nothing. But the real issue is all the other theories and witnesses out there who can testify for the defense regarding reasonable doubt based on alternative theories. The burden in trials has become much higher than reasonable doubt. Juries want answers to every single question. Here, there is evidence they acted questionable, but not that they were with the victim, how the victim was killed, the intent behind it, etc. We can prove she hacked the accounts and lied about certain things, but not enough to prove she killed BS. For example, common defense attorney closing argument. Did my client probably do it? Many of you may think she probably did, but probably means there's a chance she didn't. So if you think she probably did, that's reasonable doubt. That argument is flawed, and I always argue the opposite is true. But juries really do want close to mathematical certainty that the person they are about to convict is guilty. Then again, you may have the missing links you tease.
1: Plans were laid out in the last episode for my fourth trip back to Sturgis. It's time.
5: Wake
1: up. The time is 3.30 a.m. I don't want to get stuck in... The The guys and I are up, hastily packing our things with our eyes barely open. But we have a plane to catch in two and a half hours. Except for plastic or round-bladed butter knives... It's astounding to think that this is already my fourth trip back. Each journey has left its own unique impression on me. What if I told you that originally... I had only planned to take just one single trip. Trip one was August of 2021. My first time meeting Ashley and Jessica.
2: Whoever said that, that's not, that's how I know it's not her. Cause she would have told me to tell her what's wrong. Talk to me. She wouldn't have offered more money thinking I'm holding up on Oh, no, it was not Brittany. Hey, how about if I go over there? I was just telling Eric, if I go over there and the cops aren't there, I can ask for it. If the cops are there, Pockets already got me upset, so I can cry at the drop of a hat and I'll just play the, oh my God, where's my friend card, only if they're there. Now, this doesn't make sense either because he said the cops were there and Jessica was there at the same time.
1: Why not ask for them if the cups were there?
2: I don't know. I I can't recall what the fuck it was. I don't I don't even know where there is. But he had said something to me. I don't I wish I fucking knew. I wish there was more around that. I said I'll go there. I don't know where I just I said it. I don't know how many times I just said it. I don't know where there is. I can't recall what we were talking about, except for the passwords, but then he tells me that Jessica has them. He gave them to Jessica. This is where the story doesn't make sense, because he says cops are there and Jessica's there. If the cops are there and the passwords get handed, they're not going to let her take them. And her story is that when she got them, she took them straight to the police. This isn't traumatic for me yet. It's not set in yet he stopped talking for a half hour because he was busy because originally he told me it's not a good time, cops are here that maybe that was what it was maybe it was his house just let me come down and grab him even though the cops are there if they're there, then I'll just be like I'm coming to you, crying. that's why I'm here I didn't want the cops knowing I was there to get the passwords is probably what it was. Why? Because they told me to get into her accounts. Who's there? Eric. Why will
4: this be
1: there? I don't know.
2: Because I like getting into accounts. And my friend's missing, so I'm gonna see what I can find.
1: But one of the things that she sent me, she goes, listen to this. It's November 30th. Listen to this voicemail. This guy says, "Hey, you better call me. If you don't, you're not gonna like what happens tonight." And Apparently, this voicemail has been sent. to was on your
4: voice. Have you ever heard of it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna grab my phone because I think I think it's on my phone. Yeah, yeah please. Do. Then I, I mean, if I yeah. heard it, I'm sure I would, you know, recognize it. I never even heard of that. Like it's probably something stupid, some douchebag being a douchebag. You know, it's a, you know, just making threat like he's gonna go fuck it. You know, fuck something or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably what that was. Grandma said that the boy rushed her. Was um, this PM or AM? PM. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that the boy rushed her through laundry and she, to the point where she couldn't even dry. Her clothes didn't get all the way dry. The contents of the laundry was like socks and underwear, and like new socks and underwear she bought and some of Sheldon's like, you know, bigger t-shirts and stuff, you know, work t-shirt or whatever. and and bras in there like that's what the contents of it, of it was and she said that Brittany left like she left pissed off because the, the guy was rushing her telling her to hurry up they had to go to bronson or whatever during this time scott had come home and he um he passes her through the house she's walking out the door he's walking in and she's got her basket of clothes and he said that she looked messed up
0: Yeah, I went out. I went out and talked to. The, to the, well, I talked right through the guy. Yeah, I wasn't even paying no attention to him. But it was a pretty fucked up situation. Me and Brittany passed each other there in the sunroom. She was walking out to the car, and and I was going inside the house. And I, I turned back around because I was going to tell her. I was going to tell her not to be taken off. And leaving without letting somebody know, because I had just ran over the dog we have. I ran his head over. I I turned back around to to tell her, you know, not not to at least let us know when she's taken off that way we get the dog back in the house. She she, you know, I didn't get I didn't get to the stairways of, of the upstairs before I turned back around. So I would, I didn't go that far. And I went back, I went out the front door and I looked at the guy and I said, where's Britt at? And he said, I don't know, she didn't come out here. And she couldn't, she couldn't have went nowhere. I mean, she had been right, I had been right on her tail. I said, well, and he, he just shook his head. I said, well, I just want to let you guys know. I said, don't be, don't be taken off without letting, letting one, somebody know so we can get the dog in the house. And he just nods his head at me. And I remember walking in the house and saying, what in the fuck is going on here? To my mom. Yeah. I said, what in the fuck is going on here? I said, this dude, he says he, he don't even know where Britt's at. And she, she just walked out there. I said, what in the fuck? I said, like, they're on one night. I never, I never seen her messed up. I didn't anything before. You know, so I didn't She was messed up on something that night I don't know how to explain it She, she just she, she just had this look at her, Upon herself that, Just a look that I've never seen before There's just a sense of feeling And then the way she looked When I looked at her I could tell it. there wasn't some right.
1: I had no idea what to expect. And I certainly never expected to be closing out 2023, still working on this case. And then there's my initial encounter with Eric S. It's still fresh in my mind. It seems like yesterday. Who the fuck gave you my parents' address?
2: Here's the deal. I don't give two fucks about the situation no more. I'm over it. I don't want to be bothered. I want to be left the fuck alone. If I wanted to be found, I would be found. I I have
0: nothing to to say. It's my ex-wife. The thing is, nobody knows where I'm at, and I like it that way. I think podcasts are jokes.
1: Trip two was in February of 2022. This trip, we conducted the polygraph, and we searched Don property and conducted a GPR.
2: Okay, why is it secret? This is huge.
1: This is a sensitive stuff. It's not just stuff that we just post and say. Jessica's doing this, and everybody should know.
0: Be on standby. I am as well. So let me ask you, how do you think you did
3: Honestly, mm-hmm.
2: I'm not really sure, because some of the questions, do you know? I think I might, but I don't know for sure.
0: You know where she's at. You know how she disappeared. No,
5: I absolutely don't.
0: You know who the guy was that was in the vehicle with her, and you got messed with her Facebook account, which was
1: actually your worst question
2: because I do know. I don't know who it is, but I do know. I've been in front of whoever did this. I have been in front of whoever did whatever happened to... The people I've been in front of, I think it was Eric Glide. I think he had something to do with it. I have met these people. I'm not even worried because there are footprints. There are digital footprints of everything I've done. What is your
1: conversation
2: for you? It's not on my end. No, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing yourself, this you're with you. Put yourself
1: in a real position. Right? I'm not. Because I have now, every what?
2: message between her and I. Fact that is, is I have been in front of whoever did this.
3: That's I cannot one.
2: say 100% because I don't have solid. I can't say who did it until I have solid fucking proof because you can't pin that on someone without knowing. It's one of the people I've been to know. No, it's not true because I do know. But I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find out. Right, I know because I know them. Because I've been in front of these people. It's one of these people that I have met throughout this time since she's been gone that has done this. How do you know that's true? Because of the shit that's come out of you their know, mouths.
0: No, no. My best friend you need know to hear me
3: out.
1: Sometimes accidents happen. Doesn't mean it's a crime, okay? But accidents happen. Who knows what happened with her, okay? That's what we're trying to find out. Nobody's sitting here saying that it's a murder or anybody deliberately killed her. But if an accident happened, and you know what happened to her
2: then this would
1: be over and I would have my Right, you back. need to sit down and talk to us and let us
2: know that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You, you don't have say like that, that over and over again, but I cannot tell you what I do not know. To see
1: the words coming out of your mouth says, I know who did this, but I know. I know, no, but I, know.
2: I don't
1: know. Trip three was in October of 2022. We conducted several canine searches, searched private properties, and explored a cemetery of interest. I was also able to take a private plane ride and get an aerial view of the entire area where Brittany disappeared. I was able to spend a little time with Brittany's brother, Victor, and his fiancé, connecting with the families. That's important to me. Now, here we are, trip four, in June of 2023. What new impressions will this trip leave? You'll find out soon enough. I'm bringing you along. With me and the team, day by day. Uh, yeah, I'm fine. All right. I'm gonna a shower for good. Okay. Shane is always in high spirits. It's something I truly appreciate.
0: You good for it? You good for it? Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> We're starting.
4: We got the. We got the. Got the morning going. <laughs> you sleep okay? Uh, kind of.
2: Kinda
4: of hit. <laughs> I mean, I liked it. It was good. Okay,
2: good. Yeah, a good three out
0: of
4: ten. It was a good three out of ten. Yeah.
1: Shane's wife kindly woke up early to take us to the airport. I'm grateful. Her eyes are more open than mine are at this time of day. You got that on camera? Of course, Ethan's always rolling. Ethan
4: got that on camera. <laughs>
1: Part of the challenge of traveling is judging the actual time to leave. Otherwise, you end up like me, glancing at your watch, only to realize that you should have left 10 minutes ago. But Shane's on it.
0: T-minus 10, 15, I
1: think. This thing gonna be too heavy. It's it every time. I have my uh, thingy. As you guys will come to find out, Shane's become my Swiss Army knife. Because you know, Shit never goes smoothly.
0: All righty, you want to put some tunes on, baby Joe?
1: All right, let's roll. Red and heading to Sturgis. This is round four, my gosh. Uh, excited for this trip though, and we get to um, meet with the detective and the sheriff, which I'm most excited about because we get to explain and share everything in detail and in front of them, so got a couple places that we need to dig and then we have a, a location we need to two locations we need to go track take a look at what's going on behind there because a certain individual was traveling there in the summer of 2019 mr. shanky boy it is 4:54 a.m. That settle in because that means that we're going to be up at the same time tomorrow. You have arrived
5: to your destination,
0: Spokane International Should be here on the right in a second if it's not right here. Mm-hmm. Yep, cool. I'll pull up and we'll unload and pasta for Jules. Sure. I
2: should. I should. Checking um, out the next person, we got to get you guys checked in uh, five minutes. We'll That's where looking about is these cigarettes or electronics in those bags? Okay, you're good to go. Just guys,
0: we'll just check in this one. Good morning and welcome aboard American Airlines. Flight 2369, service to Dallas-Fort Worth. For those of you that are just joining us this morning, we do ask that you place your larger carrying items in the overhead compartment.
1: Ahead of us lies a lengthy flight, spanning 10 hours. That means a long day of travel. I used this time to meticulously review the presentation that Sarah and I prepared for Detective Otten and Sheriff Bingaman. After scrutinizing 111 PowerPoint slides, each densely packed with key points meticulously broke down and explained, I finally reached the slide detailing Tad's offer. I'm anxious, but confident. There's not another person who has worked as hard or knows more about this case than Sarah and I.
5: You have arrived to your destination. South Bend,
1: Indiana. One theme that has been consistent with each trip, shit never goes smoothly. <laughs> Alrighty, dog. I, got, I booked this car out months in advance, and then I'm trying to get in contact with dude, and the first thing he says is, hey, they don't have the car, they didn't bring it back. Everybody else I'm trying to book with, I got another one who says, oh, I'm, I'm running errands, the car won't be available by
0: then. Yeah, No, how is that possible? It looks like within close walking ish distance. There's a couple other spots.
1: Finally got back to me. Said it, the car didn't get returned. He's like, I got another vehicle for you if you want to use it. I'm like, cool. But then he's like, you're two hours away, and I was like, yeah, because when I book for five days or more, the delivery's free. No response, and he just cancels the trip. <laughs>
0: like,
1: no. Ah, the truck is in Illinois, two hours away.
3: What the frick?
1: This is crazy. I've never, like what? (laughs) I hate coming here sometimes because of the stupid reason, like I can never go smoother. And How are you gonna advertise your car on there and be like, oh, but I can't, I have to run errands. (laughs) What? So we're gonna be here until nine, just wanna make sure. I plan this stuff out like way in advance. I just don't like it, but it's every trip we come. I don't get it. I can't it has to be simple, which means we're fucking late for Heather's. In that run. Ah. There isn't a single rental car available. The one I managed to secure won't be available until tomorrow morning. This puts me significantly behind schedule. I called Sarah to tell her what's up. She does her best in assisting to try to find an alternative. The calls go back and forth for what seems like forever. No plans pan out. I don't know why I'm surprised given my history of travel to Michigan. Jessica, Brittany's mom, finds out that we're stranded without a car for a night. Generously and refusing to take no for an answer, she comes to pick us up.
3: Couple little problems. <laughs>
4: Yeah. How do they just not have any rental cars? That's crazy. Huh? How do they not have any rental cars? I don't know. And how do they, you guys had one already reserved? And then he couldn't get his, the car back soon enough, so he canceled it. The guy canceled it on him. And crazy. then we went in there and they are like, no, we don't have any cars. That's crazy. How does
0: every company mm-hmm. not?
4: I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was
0: in the corner. I'm Shane. Nice to meet meet you. I've been doing audio for a little bit for these guys, and they're even more beautiful in person.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you,
1: too. We make our way back to the Airbnb very late in the evening. After unpacking our equipment, we set everything to charge for the night. We quickly eat some fast food and then prepare to call it a night. However, before I can even think of closing my eyes, there's one more thing I need to take care of posting an update on my social media. I'm a fairly straightforward person, so let's cut the bullshit, okay? I'm in town till Friday. Let's sit down and talk about your best friend, Ashley. And Eric, let's talk about your wife, the mother of your child. I'm sure a lot of questions could be answered by you two, so what do you say? Just us three. You name the time and place. I ain't no church mouse here. I told you I'd be back. I'm in town for five days. Day two. In episode forty, you heard the testimony of an individual we referred to as Skylar. Skylar says that after Brittany left Sheldon's car and made her way to the two homes she went to, that another person was called to pick her up. Skylar went on to say that this other person was made aware of Brittany owing money to someone. Skylar continued on to say that Brittany was brought back to the home of another person. The story continued, and Skylar told us that another man maintained control of Brittany, who was barely being kept conscious, according to him. Skylar told me, a gun was held to his head and the head of another by the same person maintaining control of Brittany. He says this was done with a clear message to stay quiet. Skylar says he's spoken to law enforcement and has relayed the same story. After speaking with Skylar, I reached out to one of the property owners that Skylar claimed Brittany had been taken. This property, as Skylar described, features a studio-type room hidden in the back out of sight. Today, I'll be visiting that property. The property owner requested anonymity and clarified that they had no involvement in Skylar's testimony or in Brittany's disappearance. I spoke with the property owner just before this trip. Allow me to share a few clips from that interview. Brought Brittany back to your guys' location um, after she went missing. In twenty eighteen, so this is early December. Has anybody talked to you about this or asked you questions Just about
6: scenes? I know I have the only person that I that's it.
1: In your own words, did you see Brittany there? Me? Yeah.
6: No, I've never seen Brittany a day in my life. Yes. She ended up cutting the wires to the lights so I couldn't see in there. I found a cooler of bones in my fire pit. It was it looked like somebody tried to burn it, but it was melted. I found the lid. The cooler itself, I think, it was it was already melted in the pile. When I picked the lid up, picked the lid up and there's bones all over embedded in this lid. Alright, I drop the lid and I look down and then there's a pile of bones right there in the molted plastic. There's a rib cage, there's a pelvis bone, and it looked like a spine. There's no skull or anything to be able to identify. It freaked me out instantly. I mean, just thinking about it, just it's, it's uh, already got me shaking on it. This isn't my firefight. I, didn't, I stopped letting people burn stuff down there after I found those I don't know this. any of this is even true but I just know what I found I left them there well I'm sure if you them, they're probably in the there somewhere I called that's what his name was officer he said he came and looked at them and he said that they were deer bones. He never came. I watched, I sat there on my deck and watched him. You know, for a fact, he never showed up. On my side deck, where I can see straight down in the backyard. I know for a fact he never came. If you want to do this, come and get it done now. The sooner the better. If they catch wind, it's, it's gonna be gone. We need to get it done and done now. I want you to go through that side room. and go through whatever you want. It just needs to be done fast.
1: Say less. I do have the garage door opener as well. I load the truck with shovels. I make sure we have all the safety equipment. and we head to the property. My goal is to examine the room where Skyler claims Brittany was taken and held. Additionally, I've been informed that bones were discovered at the back of the property, specifically in the fire pit. The property owner insists they notify law enforcement and claims they waited for their arrival, but law enforcement never showed. This scenario raises a haunting question. What if this was your child? Would you dismiss it as a wild tale? What if Brittany is there, and you dismiss it thinking it's probably nothing? I acknowledge that some listeners have lost momentum due to the number of episodes this season has required. Yes. Required is the word. Did I know that ahead of time? Yeah. Do I care? Fuck no. This is the attention Brittany needed. Each lead had to be pursued, persons of interest interviewed, and locations meticulously investigated. That's what we do. We undertake the legwork that others can or won't. Because this is what you'd want done for your loved one. Right? We're on our way when I get a message from Kimmy, JJ's girlfriend. If you recall, JJ said that he thinks Ashley and Eric did it. How does he know that?
4: You got it. Go get it.
1: When I press for answers, JJ says to come see him in person. Then he'll talk.
2: Don't need me in person. Come on, is me in person, He said meet him in person, he'll talk.
1: JJ knows I'm in town. Let's see if he follows through. We arrived at the property. Jessica made the decision to participate. The weather is warm. And it's early, so it's not humid. The sun is shining and birds are plentiful and loud. What I see? The neighborhood is in an average middle-class neighborhood. Cleanly cut lawns and well-maintained homes. It's quiet. I'm struck by the amount of normalcy this neighborhood embodies. It's definitely not the type of area you picture something like this happening in. When we all heard Skyler's testimony, I imagined it was what many of us pictured was a scary, run-down house in a less desirable neighborhood. But this is a far departure from that. As we pull into the driveway, I survey the yard. We rolled in early. Not a problem, though. They knew we were coming. I'm a little on it? edge. You can hear me? A little anxious. Feeling unsure. The homeowner warned us this could be dangerous. Because there is a possibility that person C, he shows up unannounced. And what happens then? I don't know. Still thumbs up.
6: Right. How are you? Oh, exhausted. You all right?
1: Yeah. Nice to meet you. Hi. You too, brother. Hey, nice Ooh. to meet you, Bringing in. Good to see you. <sighs> you too. Come on in, don't mind me, You're good, you're good. <sighs> okay, perfect. You just, how, Which way do you want us to go through? The side gate, this way or this way? All right, let's roll.
4: You okay with us? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: going to so come out. Hopefully this is, You're sure this is what she's talking about? The homeowner warned us that this could be dangerous for all of us. It was made very clear that no one was to know that we were going to be here. No one was to see us, neighbors included. The homeowner assured that I wouldn't miss the burn pit. It was the designated spot for digging. And once we entered the backyard, true to their word, the moment we rounded the corner, my eyes immediately locked onto it. Time seemed to morph into slow motion for a moment, and my sense of anticipation gave me a knot in my stomach. Standing in front of the burn pit, I couldn't help but wonder what awaited us underneath all that trash. Bones are in here. I don't wanna just then start stabbing down. The pit measured approximately five feet in diameter, encircled by a worn and rusty two-foot-high metal guard. Inside, a multitude of burned trash stared back at me. Melted plastic water bottles, partially charred cardboard, fragments of metal discarded soda cans, and various other forms of garbage filled the pit. The bottom was covered in several inches of ash, a testament to the countless fires that had consumed its contents. I put on my gloves and grabbed a shovel. And with each armload of debris I removed from the burn pit, my determination grew. I preserve everything I think I should, and probably a lot of stuff that I didn't need to. I meticulously sift through the piles of trash, searching for any glimmer of potential. It's a daunting task, simply because I had no clue what I'm waiting for. I reminded myself to proceed with caution handling each item delicately. Jessica asked me about additional gloves to lend a hand, so I tell her where she can find them. And before I could fully comprehend it, she was already sifting through the ashes on the opposite side of the burn pit. If they put her here and then dug a little deeper and just as soon as over time, I don't know.
4: But you would, you'd probably see other stuff down in yeah, there but, too, yeah. you know, and it's starting to be clean.
1: Right, and I, I just want to keep going, at least to a point where I feel like, okay, in this yep. cir- you know, circumference, yep. I'm covering. I don't want there to be any questions. When I glance up, I witness Jessica rummaging through the same mound of trust that I am. But the difference is, this was not my child. That moment was powerful for me, and the image of it, has etched itself into my memory. A mother desperately searching for the remains of her child amidst the debris and ashes. The neighborhood is starting to wake up. I hear a quiet buzz from neighbors chatting. I hear kids playing now. And the traffic on the sleepy street starts to pick up. I'm feeling a little less concerned for our safety so I remove my buddy from the back of my waistband and put it in my bag. That's an indication of level of concern I had for everyone's safety. After speaking to the homeowner, I took their warning seriously. When the homeowner initially found the bones, they weren't removed from their location. Bones were found in a cooler, but the plastic of the cooler had melted around the bones, the homeowner says. The homeowner says they called law enforcement, but also reports that no one from law enforcement ever came to check them out. This entire scenario is concerning, whether they did or did not come to check them out. We continue to work clearing out the garbage from the burn pit, and eventually, getting to the bottom where it's just ash, ash and earth. I start digging, slowly, moving the shovel gingerly. I don't want to disturb anything of evidentiary value. So the digging takes time. I don't get too far in my digging when the property owner comes outside.
6: That's not, that's new, I just put that there. You did? Right Right there.
0: Okay. This guy over here?
1: I stop what I'm doing. Ethan and Shane turn their attention to the property owner. The three of us just stand there and stare. Shit never goes smoothly. This isn't the right place, I ask, as I turn my attention to the area that's being pointed out. The property owner gives me a shake of the head and points back to another area. Arm load after arm load, all of the debris I removed from the burn pit goes back into the burn pit. After the mess is cleaned up, the property owner escorts us to another area, not too far from where I was just digging. Looks about 5 by 5, not as much debris as the first area, there's no metal ring around this one. So the area isn't contained and it's clear that the weather and environment have taken its toll and caused the debris to spread out just slightly. I begin sorting and sifting again, being just as careful and cautious as I was at the first burn pit slowly making my way through everything in the pit. There doesn't seem to be much of an interest. When I reach the bottom, I begin to dig. And eventually, the dirt turns to clay. After a significant amount of time digging, I don't find the cooler the property owner described. But I find the back plate and the internal parts to a mobile phone. Uh, phone? You guys get rid of your phones much? Huh? You guys throw your phones out here, old phones much? No. Never, never. This is the phone, that I, I don't switch
6: my phones very often. Yeah.
1: When I ask the property owner how often they dispose of phones in this manner, the answer is, never. I preserve the pieces of the charred phone and sift through more of the dug up earth. I find a long bone. Okay. I don't
4: know
1: what that is. It looks like a fibula or tibia bone, but I'm no expert. I make sure to preserve this as well. Otherwise, I don't find much of anything else besides a nest of yellow jackets. While I continue to return the area back to the way I found it, the property owner carries on with stories about different things that have been found around the property. While it's interesting to listen to, I'm finding it hard to find a correlation to Brittany. And the more the homeowner speaks about all the areas where things have been found, the more I begin to doubt that this has anything to do with Brittany. But I know doing our due diligence is a must. Cross our T's and dot our I's, right? So we walk the entire yard and we check every area that's pointed out. Digging in some areas, moving tree branches and others. We check every spot. At one point, while I'm trying to move a fallen tree, Jessica tries to help by taking the other end.
4: Um, maybe move this thing. Oh shit, that's a big old tree. Yes, um, all right. Got
1: We're this it's a close call.
4: I'm
1: nearly wiped off my feet by the long arms of branches sticking off of it. Eventually, we moved to the garage with the attached studio where Skylar explained Britney was held after being removed from the first house they brought her to.
6: traps all over the place. Um his am- that's ammo that's ammo depth over there. I oh, don't back here. Um he at all this shit right here. I always feel like there's somebody in this garage every time I come back here. I'm constantly finding myself looking up there to make sure nothing's up there. Somebody fell through the ceiling on the other side, yes. Yeah, somebody's been up there.
4: Where was the
6: blood spot at? Oh, right here is where. That's one of them. That's the one from when I left. Once I realized that what I was doing, what I was doing. Oh, real quick. It's not a coincidence. You know, the things that I found.
1: We looked thoroughly through the garage and studio. But. I see no indication that anything went on here. There's no visible blood, no visible areas of concern. There's nothing here. I consider speaking with Mike from WorkSmart about possibly coming back to this property to do a scan of the yard. But right now, I'm in a time crunch and I need to get over to the cemetery to speak to the sextant and meet Mike. We pack up our equipment and everyone piles into the truck, and we take off. While I'm driving, I'm running through the remainder of items on the itinerary. There's so much to get done in the short time I'm here. I almost always feel like we're in a race against time, and it never fails. The moment I step back onto the plane to head home, I think of something I should have done or a place I should have gone. Coming to Michigan has been a learning experience every time. Sometimes those learning experiences send me home with positive lessons, and sometimes the lessons aren't so positive. But I assure you, I learn from every single lesson. Have you ever driven somewhere and when you arrive, you don't actually remember the drive because you were so deep in your own thoughts? That's what I'm experiencing as I pull into the cemetery. When we part, I see the Sexton and her daughter waiting along with Mike and his son, Sean. It's good to see them again. This is the same cemetery we were at last time we visited Michigan. The K9 team was with us on that visit, and both canines hit on the spot behind a grave. When that happened, the canine handler used the GPR to do a preliminary scan of the area. He was able to identify an anomaly, but encouraged us to get a second opinion, which we did with Mike and Sean. We're back again today to do a third scan. We like to be thorough. Detective Otten was told of the findings on our last visit, and in the time between our visits, He told me they visited the cemetery and did a dig to identify the anomaly that the canine alerted to and the handler confirmed with the initial scan. This cemetery is the territory of the Sextons. Her and her husband both take care of it. They treat it like their child, maintaining every inch of the area, keeping it clean, monitoring it, and making sure that the souls that rest here are kept safe. In the course of my conversation with the Sexton, she tells me that no law enforcement ever came and dug here. She's 100% positive of this. She tells me if they came, she would have known. I trust her words. She has no reason to lie to me. She tells me she and her husband dig, dig in the area of the anomaly. Nothing. I asked Mike and Sean to scan the area again. You guys are thinking maybe something back here?
6: Yeah, but it was small. Like okay, the urns? Yeah. Yeah, that was always on this side.
1: I think we scanned this side too, but we'll do it again. Okay. All right. Because I don't know why she's hitting on this side, but the dog kept hitting on both sides, Both okay. Side, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right, no problem. Thank you so much, man. No, no problem. Thank you. As they're preparing to do that, I propose an idea of visiting the property we were just at this morning to do a scan of the areas the property owner pointed out. Negative on both sides. All right. <clears throat> Over here, over there, not there. Which they agreed okay. to do. Alright, well, we have the, this is where the dogs hit, I don't want to reach for no unnecessary reason elsewhere. Um, <clears throat> the next spot we have is we have a mound of, it's like burnt pile, but also leaves. Okay. Um, we can go there if you want to. Okay. I don't know if you guys can see over that type of stuff. Depends how rough it is, if I get over it, uh, Do we have any film from the actual, or anything we could show
5: them? I mean,
1: live. We actually have, so we were just there. okay. And I was digging because this girl said she had bones and she had pictures of it, so. Okay. I went and dug it up, but. Not on me. Do you have anything on film that we can show? Let me just say this right now, that these guys have been so incredibly generous with their time, patience, and equipment. We're always impressed by their willingness to help. So big shout out to Mike and Sean. Mike completes the scan. He looks at me, shakes his head. There's nothing there, but Mike's not done. He suggests scanning a second area. He explains to me that in his experience, the way the cemetery sits on a slight slope might lend itself to an object migrating down the slope with the presence of different weather conditions, like heavy rain. Makes sense to me. The sexton kindly gives permission to do a scan in the area. You think about that.
4: It's crazy to think about, right? Because yeah. that groundwater, you know, will carry that stuff yeah. for
1: and everything that the way that this long. the way that this hill's falling down, it's seeping down. As you, I would naturally think it's going that way. Right. 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 Yeah. Ethan hops in the GPR capsule with Mike, and off they go, with Ethan recording the entire time. So
0: what we're looking at in that scan. Is this little feature? If you want to show it, if you can see that there we don't know what it is yet. But.
4: would it show something like in the red or yeah that's something right there
1: I'll be damned Mike and Sean tell me Beep. there's an anomaly
2: there's a stump from the walnut I know that was there but I don't yeah. uh-huh. know. Okay, so something kind of unique
6: um I can't say it's a body yeah but it's something that probably doesn't belong there then it doesn't look like a normal burial.
1: How so deep is it? Not very deep at all. Um, maybe two feet to the top.
6: Okay. About four or five feet to the bottom. Okay. But the thing is, it could be a rock. It could be a tree root. It could be a tree stump.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, that pine's been there for a while. A long time.
0: I know. If there was a tree there, it was before I had anything
4: to do
1: with that. And even even thirty years, yeah. forty years. Mike mentions that it's possible there is an old tree stump there, but the sexton says in her entire career, there's never been a tree in the area. Her daughter, who's standing there next to her, confirms. We all discuss it.
6: But that'd be something to investigate, then.
1: And think it's a good idea to dig. All right. Well, let's dig. We're gonna dig. Because when we leave here today, no stone's unturned. Gloves on. Shovel in hand and I drive the head of the shovel into the earth. I'm about three minutes in when the shovel handle snaps in half. Shit never goes smoothly. Oops. Does he have another shovel?
3: I'll have my mom bring one if.
1: Second shovel in hand. This time I complete the dig. Mike explains why I find nothing even though there was an anomaly.
0: If that tree's rotted away, yeah, I'm going to see it before you dig it up. I'm going to see it as a tree, right? When you dig it up, break it apart. Yeah. You can't find it. Right. Like you can't right, see it. Right, right. It's rotted away, right? Right. So I think, that, I think that's what it was. It's entirely possible. It was here way before she was sexton, you know? I'm sorry, I can't. No, you're okay. You're fine. You're part of it. That's better I know. Better to know that. Yep. Did not know. It's about two
1: foot
0: in it. I would say, yeah. I would say so.
1: We're back at the property we visited earlier today. Mike and Sean arrive just behind us and unload their equipment. Fully fenced with one section of the perimeter open so they can drive the GPR right into the backyard. The homeowner is present, but is heading off to work for the rest of the day, leaving us to do what we need to. Again, this is another situation where I wanna be thorough, no stone unturned, and the GPR is done at each and every spot the homeowner pointed out earlier. Nothing of interest is found until Mike finds one anomaly around five feet deep. We mark the area and move on. I'm running out of time. Lastly, Mike runs the GPR over the area where the property owner mentioned the school was potentially located. No anomaly is indicated. I find nothing. Nothing that leads us to believe that there is any trace of Brittany here. So. Where does it leave me with Skylar? This doesn't necessarily discredit him. I'm no expert. Just someone committed to uncovering the truth. Like you. My leads come from various sources. Canine units, GPR anomalies, or eyewitness accounts like Skylar's. And each time we come up empty, my feelings are mixed. There's relief. Hoping the missing person is still alive. Yet a sense of failure. As if I've let them down. It's a challenging pursuit, but one I'm committed to. By the time the afternoon rolled around, the temperature had risen significantly. The sun beat down relentlessly on us, which was bad enough. But we all had to gear up for what we were about to do next. We head back to the property where Sarah uncovered a story from a homeowner in our last visit. If you recall, I called Sarah to the plate and asked her to make contact with around 25 homeowners in the area we determined was likely for Brittany to have traveled through on the night she disappeared. Now, while she was making those phone calls to obtain permission, one of the homeowners had a story to share with her about a day in the early spring of 2019, when he found Eric and another man coming out of the woods on his private property. This property is in an area that piqued her interest. We visited last time we were in Sturgis, but the weather wasn't conducive to searching. So we had to delay. Today is the day. The team is donned full gear to protect us from all the things the forest holds. I meet with the homeowner briefly, and we're quickly and quietly whisked away from the house into the densely wooded property. Carrying shovels, wearing waders, we begin to trek into the woods. The grass around us is taller than me. I think that if you were to enter from that the thick vegetation made it difficult to walk with confidence. There's not much to be heard out here. Except the steady hum of bugs zipping around our heads. Ethan, who's carrying the camera equipment, struggles to see where he's going. But he never complains and pushes forward. I still don't think this is what he thought he was signing up for two years ago. Jane, wearing headphones, carries all his sound equipment. He continues to keep a positive and upbeat attitude. My nose has started running and my throat seems a little irritated, but I attribute um, it to all the allergens in the forest. it would be easiest for us to... Something out here is probably around. tricking everyone's allergies. Okay. Um.
0: Uh, holy smokes, I'm like... Do you want to run to the car? I
1: don't know, cause I, I think I'm good because I got to... I think that's what, got, what okay. got me. Okay. We make small talk as we trudge through the mud and, and climb up. over fallen trees. We finally reach a small clearing. I take a pause to compose myself.
0: There's levels of premeditation. <coughs> right. But then also, <coughs> like, was he frantic and then tried to find it a second time? Yeah. All
1: right. Can we cover this right here from, like, where's show? We'll show is that?
0: Move towards that way. Just doing a spread out sweep. Yep. (coughs) Holy smokes. Yeah bro, careful with the spray in your eyes. (coughs) Yeah.
3: Huh?
1: In an area this dense, it's hard to keep track of where you are, especially when you've been walking around with your head down much of the time, trying not to step in the wrong place, break an ankle, or miss something that could be valuable in your search. The homeowner leads us to a tree deep in the woods the base of the tree was partially ripped out of the ground, and the hollow inside seemed to stretch to an unfathomable darkness.
0: They're deep
1: The homeowner explains his concerns as to why he's brought me to this tree. I get on my hands and knees to get a better look. The hole descended deep into the ground, but without a flashlight, it was impossible to see within. Let me go grab my light real quick. I
0: forgot it, it. dammit. Alright, we're right back.
1: Shane's on his way back from the truck after grabbing some allergy medicine.
0: Trolling through the woods. Oh, getting James some medication. Whew. Looking out for Brit. Just saw a baby fawn. It's tiny, I've never seen one so small. Um, it's dense out here.
3: Real dense.
1: Shit never goes smoothly.
3: Medic on site.
0: That looks warm. Oh shit. Yeah bro, you are. Yeah, you're breaking out in hives. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take care of you. Yeah, you look rough, dude. Shit, dude. Uh just can I ask her Yeah dude you get looking crumply. Yeah, you're really allergic to something out here. Let's
5: see the metal things.
0: Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Just keep reading. <sighs> Bro. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I, I think uh, we need to...
3: Fuck. So,
0: like what? Like, hit up a store.
1: Okay. I'm trying to get a hold of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's your guy. And then I've got another topical. Yeah, that's fine. Anesthetic, not what I want. My throat's swollen. Antiseptic. Yeah, I would really avoid touching your face again. That'll thin up your blood and let that shit work quicker too.
1: When I reached the truck, I caught a glimpse of myself on the side mirror. I can tell by the look on his face. This isn't good. Uh, It's I see my face. Bad
0: enough in my opinion that like that it might be affecting your lungs here pretty soon.
1: Definitely not good. I tell Shane. Let's go. I don't have my keys. I need the keys.
0: If you start closing up, bro, let me take over.
1: Can you get a hold of them? Uh, I have the I have the hospitals. They tell me now that panic set in when they realized that Shane and I had left without them. Can you
3: hear me again? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh-oh.
4: Oh, oh, no. What happened? James is headed to the hospital like, He has a, he's like having reaction. an allergic reaction. Fuck. Okay. That's oh, it. God. Okay. Let's head back. Okay. Let's Alright. I'm going to mark this spot. Yes. We're going to head back. Yes, let's go. we yes. at the hospital. Okay. I bet you're Sounds you're good.
1: Shane urgently called Ethan to inform him that we were headed to the hospital. He explained that I was experiencing a severe allergic reaction, and time was of the essence. Meanwhile, Shelby frantically dialed Sarah's number as they struggled to find their way out of the dense woods. I see that in a trembling voice, she explained the situation unfolding. Arriving to the hospital, they took me right in. Shane waited outside for the rest of the team to arrive. Finally reaching us, Shane informed everyone that I'd been taken immediately and was currently receiving treatment.
0: Um, he's in the bed, his insurance is cleared, he's getting some help, I just gotta grab that bug spray, because that might be a culprit, but the truck's over here if you guys you need want to. to be, then? Yeah, yeah. he really? got flown. He wouldn't let me freaking drive,
2: and he's speeding That's and his throat's closing up. up and I'm like, dumbass. I have- I
3: can-
0: oh my
5: god. I can see that.
0: <laughs>
4: I can see it too. Uh
0: huh. He wouldn't let Shane drive. Yes. I shit you not. I know. He wouldn't let Shane drive. He couldn't even talk or breathe.
1: Shelby told Sarah I plan to go back out to the property once released. Sarah's voice took on a firm tone and insisted that I should not be going back out to the woods that day.
5: Give him shit about it because... Use my mom's voice and tell him. Okay.
0: He does like that.
5: He'll just get mad at me. What's James's middle name?
1: While I underwent treatment, the rest of the team gathered in the waiting room to discuss ways to divert the plan of returning to the woods. Through their collective efforts, they managed to convince me to abandon my plan. Okay, they won. After all, I know they only have my best interest in mind. At the end of the day, in an urgent situation, I have friends. I have friends I can count on to do the right thing in my time of need. Where were those kind of friends when Brittany needed them? Just a short time after my release, I'm notified that Ashley has responded to my invitation to meet. If you recall, I issued a public invitation to Ashley and Eric when I arrived in Sturgis last night. The three of us, sit down, like adults. Eric had no response, but Ashley responded, declining my offer. While I'm not surprised or even disappointed, I think about Ashley's best friend. That's what she called Brittany. I wonder if her best friend was in need, hurt, or injured, in some way, like I was today. Would she do for her best friend what my friends did for me? Would she get her help? I don't know about that. To help someone else, you have to care. About yourself, but also about the well-being of another person. I'm not convinced she
5: did. Are you? The last two stops of the day are after dinner. We still got shit to do.
1: We all head out to Fawn River Road in the darkness of the night. I complete a run from the same route Brittany likely took from Sheldon's car to John's, the elderly man. This is a long jog. And I'll tell you now, Google Maps is misleading and I'm struck at just how far this is. Keep in mind that I'm wearing shoes and appropriate clothing. The weather is decent and there's no fog. And I'm sober. I'm trying to consider how this run would have affected Brittany. Cold, alone, barefoot, and seemingly not sober. How would this go? How long would it take her? Was she scared? Why didn't she have her shoes on? And where are they now? We make the last stop of the night. A stop at the home of the teen. I go inside. Come on. And
5: this is actually Jessica. Oh, I'm so sorry.
3: Yes, yes, no. yes.
5: yes and sorry. Ethan, am gonna Hi, Shane, okay.
1: my guy. you. okay. Yeah. Hi. So, Jessica, where was he at when he
4: heard the knock? Oh, wait. he was in the
1: kitchen, sorry. What
4: house was last night? you He was
0: he in here somewhere.
1: Okay. I retrace I the steps.
0: And he says he hears
1: her, hears steps, but he also hears the knock on the sand. Right. Way. I retrace Brittany's steps. We take video footage, we consider every angle. As I'm out there, details are flowing through my mind. I call Sarah and we walk through the scenario we believe took place on November 30th, 2018. Things start to become a little more clear to us. Can you uh, see me from standing right there in the kitchen? We have a lot to talk about. Next time on Hide and
3: Seek.
0: Would you like to show your support for the Hide and Seek Podcast? Find our Instagram and Facebook page by searching Hide and Seek Podcast. Like and follow to hear updates on past seasons as they become available and stay up to date on Season 3. Find our discussion group by searching Hide and Seek Discussion Group on Facebook.
3: The Hide and Seek Podcast is hosted, directed, edited, and produced by James Basinger. Written, edited and produced by Sarah Joe. Engineered, mixed and mastered by Nudons Audio Engineering. Director of photography is Ethan Schatz. Our graphic design is created by Jordan Robinson.
0: A special thanks to all those involved in our ground team and to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for helping make our investigations possible.
3: Okay, is this is super inappropriate, but can I get a picture with you? I won't post it on Facebook or anything because I don't want people to be like, why is he at the hospital?
4: Yeah,
1: yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I respect what you're
3: doing so much. I think it's so awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. All right, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, who do I go to about my knife? Oh, yes.
5: Yeah.
1: Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate you. Uh, waiting room. I have some friends in here I need to grab real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you.
5: See
1: you guys ready? There he is. That's we gotta go this way. What's up? Hi, Tim. I feel good. I feel fine. Alright. Let's go. Shane saved the day, for real. Yeah, he did.
4: Maybe had that one Benadryl. Yeah, Insane, Shane.
1: You, that's a raise for you, buddy.
0: Uh, we okay if I drive, you sit back, you sit passenger?
1: I'm, I'm totally bro, fine. Bro, your eyes are like I'm totally this, bro. fine. I was good there, and trust. I promise you I'm good. On
4: the way here, you weren't good.
1: No, and I still made it.
4: Alright, bro. I
1: nice. promise you, if I fell
0: at all. I get you.
1: We're good to go, though. Let's rock and roll. I'm gonna grab a Red Bull and let the it's fuck on. Like let's rock and roll, boys.
0: Fucking Jimmy
1: Jam.
3: Thank you for listening to Hardest sink. And peek out.